game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. To another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast. I'm Mitch Gallo with Sean Campbell, and uh, it's an exciting week. Another very special guest coming up on the show. You guys know we've been catching up with people specifically on the Montreal Canadiens beat. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to do that again uh, coming up in uh, just a few seconds. Uh, but first, Sean, I have a nice nor'easter from yes. Ross, as you can see right there. Oh, that's um, a beaut. I love that one. I know uh, Dave Trinidue has soft in, picks them up for me. So thank you uh, very much, Dave. And thanks to the gang at LeBras for being such great supporters uh, of the podcast. You know, Campbell, I love my Angry Gallo Ale. It's it's the dark beer with the splash yeah. of coffee. It's fantastic. But I don't know. I'm feeling a little frisky. I think I need a little something blonde in my life today. Uh, so Nor'easter it is. And cheers to you, my friend. And cheers to the gang at LeBras. Yeah, cheers, uh, LeBras. And I'm, I'm going with the... Uh... Campbell play-by-play IPA uh, getting ready for, uh, you know, Super Bowl weekend and uh, check it out. Labrosse.com for all their hours. And now that curfews and hours are changing. So just make sure you check before you go, but go get your angry Gallo ale and your Campbell play-by-play IPA. I do recommend the Nor'easter. It is, uh, I had it last episode. Absolutely great. So uh, the post game pines podcast brought to you by Labrosse brewery and uh, Mitch. I also want to give a, a shout out to uh, Cunningham's Pub, who's uh, joined the fray here on uh, Post Game Pints. And make sure you pay attention to each and every podcast because on our Facebook page, go like our Facebook page, go follow us on Facebook. We will be giving clues and you have a chance to win gift certificates to Cunningham's Pub, who has the best chicken wings in the world. Just ask Halle Berry. So uh, shout out to <laughs> Cunningham's Pub. And uh, check our Facebook. Go like, subscribe to our Facebook page. We put up all the episodes and every episode we give a little bit of a clue and you have your chance to win. Yeah. Sean, you gave me a big time craving. We know that Wednesdays is wing night at Cunningham's. You're not exaggerating. Sometimes, you know, uh, yeah. we'll exaggerate to make a point. I, I might do that from time to time, but when I say they are the best wings on the planet, I'm not exaggerating Cunningham's pub. Thank you so much uh, for taking part of the podcast as well. And I can't wait to get my hands on some medium wings. Campbell, I can't do the 911. Even when I have uh, a nice beer from LaBrosse in front of me, 911's a little too hot for me. But man, oh man, those mediums, they hit just right. Yeah, medium's a weird word to say that's a flavor that's good. But I'm, I'm with you on the medium. I could do 911, but not every day. But I like my spice. Speaking of spice, uh, this guy <laughs> likes to spice up your Twitter feed. As it's, uh, we're going to bring in our next guest on the Post Game Pines podcast. It's a lot of fun. Someone that I've worked with in the past, someone you've worked with 
uh, in the past as well. Mitch Gallo, I know that it's somebody that you're looking forward to chatting to Montreal Canadiens with. It's It's been a while. It's Global Zone. You could actually uh, catch up on his uh, on his uh, uh, blog that he has, Call of the Wild. It's Mr. Brian Wild. Welcome to the Post Game Pines podcast. Oh, okay. Green Bay Packers. I can't believe you guys have your own beer. Oh, that's what you're <laughs> drinking too. That's incredible. Yeah. Cheers, my friend. Enjoy the uh, Campbell play-by-play IPA, and make sure, yes, you have a, actually, make sure you have a Gallo beer after too. I'm <laughs> saving the Gallo beer because I like uh, ales more than IPAs. So we'll drink this when I'm busy, and we'll drink the other when I'm relaxed. <laughs> but 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 I'll tell, tell you, me Ken- about the backstory on that. I mean, how did? Uh, I mean, it's not often guys have their own beer. Well, Gallo and I like to compete against each other, and and our good friends uh, Alex and. And Dan, who put that together, and and, and Matt, who oh, brokered the whole deal, he uh, he knew that we like competition, so he's like, he went to Alex, who who runs uh, LeBras, and said, "Why don't you have these two guys make beers and have them compete against each other?" So we're trying to outsell each other on this beer. And uh, <laughs> oh, is it, that right? Oh, yes. how's it going? Uh, I got a lead so far, but the IPAs yeah. sell well. But I will tell you, the Angry Gallo Ale is outstanding. I'm a big <laughs> fan of the Campbell Play by Play IPA. But I'll tell you this, Brian. You're not, you said you're not a fan of the IPAs, right? Usually, this, but that tastes pretty good. But that's the point. This IPA is meant for those people that hate IPAs. And oh, they try this, they're like, right? oh, I like IPAs. I'm not surprised because actually it was tastier than most IPAs right off, the, right off the bat. Because usually I go like this when I drink an IPA. <laughs> it's, the only yeah. beer, it's the only beer I don't absolutely love because I love beer. Uh, but that's probably the best IPA I've ever tasted. I'm not just blowing smoke. Uh, you, you're right, uh, Campbell. That it's different. And uh, usually, uh, usually I'm on, I'm on your side. That's why I made an ale because those are my favorite beers. Like, yeah, uh, Newcastle in particular is my. Oh, favorite. is it darker this ale, Mitch? When I open it up, uh, than a Newcastle? Or is it is it dark like a Newcastle? Is it yes. a, like a, a redder ale? Yes, it's it's like yeah. a Newcastle, except it's got more of a even a brown uh, tone oh, than awesome. uh, the Newcastle because it has oh, a, good, a good. slight hint of coffee. Oh, oh really? Oh, awesome! Yes. I love that taste. And yeah. did you kind of almost decide, like, did you work it out with the Labrosse, the people there, and say, "Hey, this is what I love. This is what I'm hoping it's going to taste like." Yeah, that's, that's exactly hundred percent how it went down. Yeah, we oh, went there awesome. and made the beer. <laughs> that's awesome. That's well, I mean, awesome. I mean, Dan I got a really, coaster once. Yeah, Dan really made <laughs> the beer, but that's okay. So, so Brian, I want to I want to say thank you for for joining us here on the Post Game Pints podcast, and we're we're here to talk hockey and, and Montreal Canadiens. And I, I we thought we 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 start maybe with some of the Montreal Canadiens prospects because I know you love following the prospects. I follow your Twitter, Twitter feed. You love getting into it. Uh, we could. I want to get to the team today a little bit later, but. Is the prospect that you're most excited about Cole Caulfield or is there somebody else? Uh, no, it'd have to be Cole Caulfield because, I mean, the numbers are insane um, and his release is insane, but the story is interesting too, right? Like if he was a big guy and um, he, he had like, a, like a, a game that you talked about everything in his game, it would have a certain element of interest to me. But I think when the when he's so small and he's got one of the best releases I've ever seen, you then wonder if he can make 
that release at the NHL level. Like if he could get that shot away at the NHL level, because if he does, um, it's going to tell a, an amazing story for all the small guys. And that is going to be super fun, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And I remember his draft really well because when the Canadians, always when they pick in the middle of the pack, Brian, uh, I'm thinking, okay, where can you get the most value? And usually value falls on guys that are either undersized or that are coming off an injury, right? And I rem remember, yeah. uh, I think it was Peyton Krebs in the same year, he had the nasty Achilles injury. I'm like, okay, there mm -hmm. might be value in Krebs because of that. But Caulfield, I mean, he was ranked to go in the top 10. And then he tumbled all the way down uh, to the Montreal Canadiens in that draft. Sean and I were on the air that day. And we're like, okay, are they going to do it? Are they going to have the balls to make that pick when everyone's criticizing the lack of size? But Brian, if you look at the Canadians now, and that's the thing about the draft, you always got to look ahead. They're not I know what point you're going to make more so yeah. they can afford to bring a small guy in, in my, in my mind. Yeah. I knew as soon as you got to it, I thought I know exactly the point here. It's a great point because when they, uh, when they drafted, it was like another uh, small guy. And now you basically only have Byron and Gallagher, but those, both those small guys play big. I mean, Gallagher's, I mean, he's small, but he plays big. He wins pucks like he's big. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think that anybody would, you know, it's, uh, I remember that draft really well too, because uh, um, uh, Simon and I were watching the draft together and by pick 11, I'm hitting him, eh? <laughs> I'm like, Simon, <laughs> Simon, they might get Caulfield. <laughs> They're going to get Caulfield. And he's like, oh, okay, just drink. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a drink. Yeah. <laughs> just drink and relax. Okay, buddy, just relax. Yeah. We're at pick 11 here and we got a ways to go. And then I was like, Simon, Simon, if, if Florida takes the goalie, <laughs> get him. And uh, so when they took Spencer Knight, I was, Simon, you're going to get him. <laughs> and so the pick before um, was Cam York. Yes. And the pick before, uh, the GM goes up and he says, from the United States Development Program. And I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> oh, so close. It was so close. Cam York. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the rest was history because now it's like, okay, as you mentioned, are the balls there to do this? Yeah. And uh, they were. And, 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 and I, I think it was a great pick. Yeah, I was there because I was on, I was on the floor. And I got a chance to interview Cole Caulfield right after. And it was the same thing. Gal and I are doing uh, a draft show and chatting and going back and forth. And I'm sitting on the draft floor uh, out in Vancouver. And I'm like, are they going to do it? And we're like, I think they're going to get them. I, I'm not sure, but are they going to pull it? And then they pull it. And then let's get to the person, Cole Caulfield. Was he excited? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 we, we sat and we talked Packers because he's a Packers fan from Wisconsin. <laughs> and, of course, right? But and, and we talked, and, and you just could tell that this was a dream come true, and he lives and breathes hockey. And, and I, got, I got, a lot, got a lot of insight that day about the person, and I feel since then, he's got a personality. You can kind of see it on Twitter. He's sometimes, I don't want to call him aloof, but he just seems that hockey is his life. It's the only thing he wants to do. Uh, what, what are you going to be majoring in? It? And was, oh, I don't know. I'm playing hockey. Like he just, <laughs> exactly. Just, but, but to me, I don't <laughs> mind that because – it's kind of like at this point, it was, he, he's so young. It, it just might as well be hockey or bust. And I think that that's a good mentality for a little guy 
just to have that one focus. He's got great character too. I have a, a little story to tell. Um, there's a lady up uh, on my street in NDG when I used to live on Melrose, her name's Kelly. And uh, Kelly's uh, husband passed of pancreas cancer and her little boy is very young at the time, seven, eight years old at the time, and was so excited when Caulfield was chosen. He made a, his mom made a video when he was chosen and the kids like running around the house so excited. He was almost peeing himself with excitement. So um, uh, she sent me a file of the kid that excited. And I said, well, I'll pass this on to Dom and see what he says. Because if the response was good, they were going to fly to Wisconsin, to Madison, just so Max could take in a Cole Caulfield game. Wow. So, it's, But it all was incumbent upon Dom, right? Like Dominic Sayant said, what if I get a thousand of these, Brian, leave me alone. <laughs> it wasn't going to go any further. So he saw the video and the video was just so... Uh, it was so emotional. The kid was so genuinely excited that Dom said, well, all I can do is pass this on to Wisconsin and then Wisconsin will pass it on to Cole. And if Cole is into it enough, he'll agree to it. So we got a response in like two days and Cole says, yeah, come on down. And um, so he came down and uh, he saw Cole play two games. Cole scored in the one. And then he said that he scored for the kid and uh, Max was just so excited. And then, um, Cole and Max spent a lot of time together after the game, just spending time with each other. And there's no greater gift than time. You know, if you spend time with somebody, that's the, that's the most you can honor another person when you're a guy like Cole Caulfield. And it was a moment, like, I don't think Max is ever going to forget as long as he lives. So Cole's got a lot of, you know, good heart too, for what that's, that's worth. A lot of that's, good heart. Uh, Reminds me of Carrie Price. That's a, that's a really great story, Brian. And it just, um, it really outlines why I think it's important right now that we have NHL games on TV and people are able to watch games to uh, cheer themselves yeah. up, like the story you're talking yeah. about. And I can't wait till we get back to regular life and we could have more oh, moments uh, like the one absolutely. you're talking about. Absolutely. We're, we're lucky to have hockey right now. I, I, I do want yeah. to ask you because uh, yeah. I'm, not, uh, I'm not exaggerating when I say when it comes to Canadians' prospects, you're among mm. the best follows on Twitter. Like, if oh, you want to low down on Thanks. what's going on, follow <laughs> Brian Wild on Twitter. You're going to know about the youngsters for the Canadians. I appreciate but that. my question to you, Brian, is yeah. do we at times tend to overhype prospects because they're in the Canadian system and we're hyper-focused on those guys? Like, you mentioned oh Cam God, York. Yes. You mentioned Cam oh York. God, I'm yes. like, I think yeah. he's going to be a good player. And I see Zegras playing with Anaheim. I'm like, I think he's going to be a good player. Zegris and every team has these guys. Stud. So what yeah. separates the Canadians' class of young players that we're seeing compared to everybody else in the league? Well, you know, for me, that's a, re that's a great question because I remember a year that I was really excited about the prospects. And um, I can't remember who the first was at the time, but I was really excited and I thought it was going to be a good year. And, I, and then I'll always read some of the people that are talking about it too, you know, from the athletic and so on and uh what they're saying and they thought the canadians had a great year and I, they don't they didn't make a pro out of that draft like not one i mean it was just a complete failure of a draft it was around 215 and i think the draft was in pittsburgh um it was it's just the pittsburgh a draft the pittsburgh draft was the galchenyuk draft and it was yeah. actually uh, a bad draft in general Exactly, exactly. And but there was so much excitement. So I agree with you, you tend to hype up your own guys for sure. Um, 
and all I can listen to actually is people like Trevor because nobody compares their draft players better than Trevor Timmons, right? So, I mean, Trevor's not going to blow smoke when he thinks that he's having a, a great draft year and his prospects are better. But even when you think your prospects are better, like it's still hit or miss, you know, like I've watched Struble uh, and Harris at Northeastern and they both look great, but you still don't know if that's going to translate to being a good pro. I've only seen highlights of Norlander because those feeds from Europe are so bad. I can't put myself through them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he offensively looks amazing, but I, again, I don't know if that's going to translate. It's so hard to know if it's going to translate, eh, guys? Yeah, well, you mentioned like Harris and, and, and Struble and Norlander, and I I talked to Hatch fans. They're like, "Oh, and they got these guys coming down the pipeline, mm -hmm. and the Canadians mm -hmm. they're going to have to trade a guy in a couple." I'm like, "Whoa, back up! They're not even playing pro yet." I know yeah. Norlander is, but it's still like you said, it's hard to judge. But like out of all that, and I'm just watching highlight film. I'm like, "How can I judge a highlight film?" And mm -hmm. and I, and if I'm just watching highlight films, that's why you're right. You have to turn to the scouts and the people that actually watch them, talk to the coaches. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. Because, well, one, I mean, that's their career. So as much as you can say to yourself, you really know hockey. I mean, that's you got to also be humble. I mean, that's their career. <laughs> that's what they do is assess like that. So I'll always, you know, really, really respect the the voices that they have. And if they really love somebody, um, you know, you got to love them too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for, you know, the perfect example is Romanov. That's like the perfect example to be talking about what we're talking about. But here's what I tweeted. Who? That's what I tweeted when they took him. Who? Yeah. Like you think you have done the homework and you know a lot of the guys. And when they took him in the second round, I was like, can I swear? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I was shitting all over them. I was like, what kind of pick is this? I don't even know this guy. You know, Brian. And, uh, Brian, I was I, uh, I was in Dallas for that draft. Yeah, there was a gasp in the arena when they took Romanov. People were people were shocked. And that wow. day, Trevor Timmons was so defiant about wow. that pick, basically saying story. Central Scouting makes their list, and there's a bunch of publications out there. He's like, "This is why we're hired to be NHL scouts, oh, and we have our own story. list. And we don't listen to anybody else." Yeah. What a story! That's a great story. Talk about um, believing in yourself, eh? And, I and heard after, scouts. I had never heard scouts. You know, believing the guys that are feeding you the information. Absolutely. You know, I had never heard that story. The only one I had heard was uh, that Timmons said we were worried. That if we waited any longer, yes, we weren't the only team that knew about him. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so why don't since you brought him up, uh, Romanov, why, why don't you tell me what you think about him so far? Because he was heading into training camp this year, Brian. He was still the question mark. Well, like the Canadians are putting him on the team. I'm like, the guy hasn't played pro in North America. Like, let's. I kept saying, telling everybody, whoa whoa relax if he goes to laval it's okay if he sits out a game it's okay now it's like i want him to play 20 minutes like it's just so much fun <laughs> well i mean everybody talks about how fun he is uh as, as much of a character that he is and he's enjoying life and everything but you know from a hockey assessment point of view because i think that personality is important because you're going to have to be able to shake things off like he had to when he got sat and not be a baby about it um and he was kind of treated like shit in the cake as he was leaving um, so he was already showing his metal. Um, but from an assessment point of view, I mean, 
when you at the World Junior Championships win the best defenseman award and are second another year, you're clearly a pretty quality hockey player. So I was pretty confident that he was going to be a quality hockey player. And so I'm not really surprised by this, but yeah, Sean, that he was able to, you know, just step right into the lineup. And I think he was the second best defenseman on the team in his first game, right? Petrie was only better. Uh, <laughs> he's, I think he's, he's got a long and great career in front of him, man. He's really, really impressive. What, uh, what are your thoughts, Brian, on the other young uh, players on the Canadians and in, in particular their center ice position right now, because that position was uh, a black hole for a very long time. Uh, not a lot of depth and guys not playing in the right roles. Um, yeah. I from like the, the time, right you roles. Know, like David Darnay. I liked him a lot as a player. He's not a yeah. number one on a championship caliber team. You know, Thomas Plakanitz was a fantastic player, maybe playing too high up at this time. But what do you think of Suzuki, Kakanyemi, and Evans down the middle for the Canadians right now, doing a lot with not a lot of experience? Well, you know, the part of that whole question you asked that I love the most is right roles. I, I, think, I think that was one of the things that was really hampering Bergevin from doing an excellent job beyond winning trades. You know, like winning trades is something, building a hockey team is another thing. And so if you've got, uh, like you said, Plekanec as the first line center when he doesn't have the offensive upside for that, you're, you're a team that's not in the right roles. So I, I think what you're getting at there is, is spot on. Nick Suzuki's looking like a first line center. And Jesperi Kakanyemi's looking like a second or a third. And Deneau is either a second or a third. And so you can just, who's yeah. ever hot that night can take the ice time. And Jake's looking like a fourth. I hope they sign Deneau. And I hope he understands that with his offensive upside limited, that $5 is a pretty darn good offer for him. Because I think that as that construction goes, wow, that is just, it's 20 years, 25 years since we've seen anything down the middle like that in Montreal. <laughs> That's, Suzuki's a point-per-game player. Wouldn't you agree, you guys? Yeah, I look, I've, I've gone on the yeah. record. I think Suzuki could be more than that down the line. And I, I say it out loud, mm. but I'm like, I shouldn't say it because that's too much pressure because I think he's that good offensively. And just on that fact that Suzuki has been the, the bell of the ball, do you think that puts a little bit too much pressure on a guy like Jesperi Kakanyemi, third overall? The, guy, the, the Canadians put a lot of stock in drafting him as that center iceman. And now Suzuki is the number one center and Kakanyemi still kind of stuck in the middle. Do you think Jesperi kind of sees that and goes, oh man, I want to be what Nick is doing already, but he can't? Do, do you think that affects him? I don't think so. I think he just wants to be a good, solid NHLer. And if he plays a two-way game that is reminiscent of Deneau's, and I think he has the intelligence to do that, I think he'll be a very satisfied hockey player in his second in the second center role. You know, like if you've got, let's say, uh, in my mind, I've picked two teams that have uh, <laughs> picked three teams now that have two first line centers. You know, I picked Dreisaitl and, and McDavid. I said, I can't make my point on that. And then I picked Crosby and Malkin in my head. And I said, I can't make my point on that. Um, but anyway, I keep, in my mind, I keep having uh, my example not work because I've got two first line centers. But if you're on a team that is a first line center and the second is slightly less, I don't think you ever worry about that because I think you almost, you're just sort of like happy that the guy ahead of you is so effing good. Yeah, well, no, hey, because then you're how winning. About this, how about this for an example? Uh, yeah. And they were the best Canadian team in the uh, in the, in the playoffs last year. Can Kakanyemi not 
be what Bo Horvat is to Vancouver? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a there. That's a good example. Yeah, that's a good example. And he can. And and Horvat's an outstanding hockey player. And I don't, I like you know, I don't think there's any inner competition that makes it uh, untenable for either of them. Like it's not untenable for, you know, McDavid and Drysital. It's not untenable for. Uh, Matthews and Tavares uh, it's you know and it's just not, it's not untenable you know or Malkin and Crosby a one-two punch you know if one of them gathers a little bit more points than the others it's, it's fantastic I don't you know it's awesome it, well you know uh, just uh, just to your dead old point to, to wrap things up here um, because I find that contract negotiation to be extremely fascinating um, I'm, I, I straight up if I was advising Philip Deneau I tell him if he wants to make a lot of money, go for it. But if he gets a contract to offer a f- more than $5 million from an opposing team, if, if a team is paying Philip Deno $5 million, they're not going to be a good team. So Philip Deno, have fun on your team that isn't very competitive because if you're commanding that much of a team's salary cap, that can't be – you're going to a team like Arizona – or a team that's in the situation Ottawa is in right now, not to say Ottawa won't be good in the future. Like you're going to a, a, a team that is desperate and paying because they're desperate. You know, Eric and Engel, uh, Eric Engels and I actually were talking on the phone this morning and we were having the exact same conversation that you just started. He's, if you, if, if don't, if Dano leaves, I mean, just think how different that would be for him. You know I mean? Like, I don't, I feel like maybe he doesn't understand how how good he has it here. You know, like he's he's playing where he loves. He's playing where he became a bona fide NHLer. He's loved in the room. He you know, he the team is getting so much stronger. He could be a part of a Stanley Cup run. I mean, there's just so many things that are happening for him that are so good in his life. So if he got more than five from somebody, what would it be? Five, five, <laughs> you know, yeah. after tax, that's what? $300,000. I mean, not to minimize the $300,000, we would die to make that, but um, you know, <laughs> you're when me. you're making, you know, when you're making 25 million, there are reasons to appreciate five years of your life too. And I, and, and it, let's say you went to uh Let's say he went to, like you said, a crap team. And now he's the number one center. And it's you now you don't get away with zero goals in the first 11 games. Yeah. But, you but know, here's that, the thing. You, yeah. you, talk, you talk about, Brian, you know, that he's got it good. But when this all started, it wasn't good with the Canadians. I know they had a good bubble, but the team still wasn't. And then the offseason was everybody's getting money except for him. So there's a little bit. Now it's only been, you know, 10, 12 games of, oh, this is the good life. So now I think you, you see that with players, they'll kind of, after seeing how it works, I could see Philip Deneau going, okay, now I see how it all works. I may have it really good. But in the off season, he didn't know what it was going to look like moving oh, forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that yeah, time fair. is coming this year. That's a good point. You yeah. know, and then at the end of the year or when negotiations come up, he might be like, you know what? I, I kind of wanted that, but now I look at this, maybe I'm going to stay here. So, so yeah, we'll, no, that's we'll a really good that's a really good point. I like your point. Yeah, All right. absolutely. So, things can be things things can be pretty liquid. Yeah. All right. I, I want to ask about one more player. 
before I got a little bit of a pop quiz, we like to pop quiz our guests here on the I'm Post nervous. Game Pines podcast. I'm nervous. Campbell Gallo, Brian I'm Wild. nervous. I'm 57. I remember nothing anymore. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I remember so, Randy's last days. That's me. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, another center iceman. And this is when you talk about gems in the draft and, and bringing out. It, it took a while, but you got you got Jake Evans in 2014. Yeah. And Jake Evans is sitting there as your as a regular NHLer. I know it's like seven years later, but it's 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 pretty neat. You know, um, when uh, everybody was talking up Jake Evans on Twitter to me. And I honestly, I, did, I was really close-minded. I'll admit it because I thought seventh round draft choice. <laughs> There's no way this guy's making the NHL. And they kept talking to me, talking him up. And I said, you know what? I better watch him. So uh, one night I, 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 I turned on the TV and, and I watched him at Notre Dame and I thought, wow, he's, he's, he's a pretty good player. And then I watched him score with like four seconds in a playoff game. You remember that game in his senior yes, year where Notre Dame moved on forward yeah. and uh, kept alive and he scored with like four seconds left. And I said, holy shit, this guy's clutch. Uh, but I still went seventh rounder. He's not making the NHL. Right. And, and, and now he's like, he's the quintessential fourth line player, isn't he? Quintessential. I, I, I love it. Guy it, who chips in just, every, my favorite, just ahead, to, to, you can finish this, but I love this because I watched, you know, I do a Laval Rocket broadcast and I'm watching Belleville versus Laval and Laval's top line center was Jake Evans. Laval's top line center was Josh Norris. And then you go to the game this past weekend, Josh Norris is number yeah. one center, Jake Allen's, uh, Jake Allen, Jake Evans is the fourth. I'm like, that's yeah. where the franchises are. They were yeah. in their minor leagues were the number one centers. And now, and, and to me, Josh Norris, I watched him, in the AHL, he was going to be a top six. He was guy. good. But I, he was but, good. But, but Jake Evans, I watched. He was a top guy in the AHL. I go, but he's going to be third at best, fourth line center in the national. So uh, you could see the style of play. But it's funny you could see where the franchises are that way. Yeah, that's a great. I love that point. You guys make awesome points. Oh, absolutely. That's a good analogy right there. And uh, I enjoyed Evans too in Laval. I went to a couple of games. I love watching the games in Laval. You guys, isn't it fun? Yeah, it's a great just, building. Have you gone, uh, Mitchie, to, to uh, Laval to watch some games as a fan or just as a worker? Uh, both, both. And I yeah, really it's fun like as the, a fan, isn't it? The yeah, seats are I love amazing. The as a fan, and you oh, know what? I, if uh, Brian, if I had kids or anything like that, I'd love to take yeah. them because uh, it's it's a little bit more affordable. The concessions is uh, is more affordable. affordable. Yeah, and you know what? The rink is new, <laughs> and yeah. so everything is uh, is pretty standout. Um, the fact is now it's going to be even more fun down the road because that team should be more competitive than they have been since their inauguration. Yeah. You guys are going to enjoy that when, uh, when they are more competitive than they've been because the prospects that we've talking about, I mean, their blue line, uh, I mean, there's no room in this blue line for them. So they're going to be like Strudel and Norlander, uh, Gooley, uh, help me here one more harris, harris. i mean i harris. mean that blue line is gonna josh be... brook josh brook brook too of course Kale, Kale yeah we're, and they, guys where's Kale Flurry? Flurry in oh this? my god you guys that blue line is sick <laughs> it's like six great <laughs> prospects that blue yeah. line wow yeah so they got they got and i you know in the ahl 
Gustafson and, and Leskinen, they're good. And Xavier Willette runs the show. Like it just, these, yeah. are, these are all Gap guys. It. So uh, on that note, Brian, before we let you go, and thanks again for joining us. And of course, uh, Post Game Pines podcast brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. Hey, get your Campbell play-by-play IPA, your Angry Gallo Ale, your Nor'easter. And a uh, shout out to uh, make sure you pay attention to what's happening because uh, you can win yourself a gift certificate to Cunningham's Pub. Uh, where you get your uh, best wings. So, Brian, look. I love you wings. Could, you could turn to Gallo for some help because I'm pretty sure Gallo can nail this one, okay? So you can oh, turn good. to Gallo. Gallo doesn't know the answers, but I know, I, I'm pretty sure he knows it. Is it a Maple Leaf question? <laughs> there you go. Wow, Toronto Maple Leafs, just like that. It is look not a nice Maple Leaf question. You guys. Look nice. how nice, see? That's, that's a beautiful. 47 uh, brand makes the best stuff so the question is i have a top 10 list it's actually 11 players because there's a three-way tie for ninth there's 11 players on this a top 10 list of the most points from an nhl player that mark bergevin drafted <laughs> most Come mark bergevin great drafted. great category oh, yeah, I love it. Way to go. top 10 He's... top 10 points in the national hockey league from players that Mark Bergevin drafted. Uh, Brian, oh, if you man. need help, you can go to Mitch Gallo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, that's a great question. I, I got to say that as much as nobody thinks he's any good anymore, um, Alex Galchenyuk obviously number one has answer. to, has number to one be answer. in this. Yeah. Right? Oh, so now is it Mitch's Gall- Mitch Gallo's turn? No, no, you go if you need help. Oh, no, come on, really? Gal Gallo could oh. run the table here. I know him. Gallo Gallo's the draft guru. Draft guru too, but I don't have a memory like you guys do. Um, I I have had a couple beers, Brian. So yeah, relax on the memory for tonight. You got the number one, so feel good about that. Okay. He's he has three hundred and twenty-one points in his career. Uh, the there's only three players over hundred points. That's it, eh? Just three. See, that's why you don't want to... Okay, so his first draft was... The Galchenyuk draft. 2012, the Galchenyuk draft. Are any of the guys on the team now? Uh, There's a couple. That he would have drafted? There's a couple. There's a couple that aren't. There's a couple, yeah. Okay, so the Galchen- Okay, well, how many wrong answers am I allowed? See, I'm nervous to go because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> like is Brendan? Like Brendan Gallagher? Was he before Benjamin? Yeah, he was. He was, he was before. Eh? Gallagher he was, was, he was the year. Was, he was actually the year before. The yeah. year yeah. before. Okay, Gallagher. So the Gallagher first line he didn't. He didn't draft Suzuki. Nope. And he obviously didn't draft Tatar, and he didn't draft Gallagher. He didn't draft. He didn't draft Anderson. He didn't draft Toffoli. He, he didn't draft Dano. Oh, he hasn't drafted a. Uh, okay, and the Good. fourth line is Lekkonen. Well, Lekkonen he drafted. Okay, number, well, I gotta say, I gotta number say two. Lekkonen. Number two. Oh, I'm going in order. <laughs> Arturi Lekkonen is number order. two. Arturi Lekkinen is number two. There you go. Number two? Guys, yeah. it's going to be hard if Lekkinen was number two. Okay, so he didn't draft Byron. 
Jake Evans surely isn't on that list. He hasn't played enough games. No, Jake Evans uh, is not there. But you got you got about two minutes left to finish this. We're on the clock. I, I'm not even close. Mitch, come on. Run the table for me. You want some help? I can't run the table. It's actually harder. Uh, Campbell's making oh, it okay. easier. Well, on, yeah. on defense, uh, you got – he didn't draft Weber. He didn't draft Petrie. <laughs> he didn't draft Edmondson. He didn't draft Sherratt. Uh On the back missing, end right now. You're missing – Romanov's missing. only got three points. You're Go missing ahead. two – Two, two players on the team. You're missing two more players on the team. Hey, Campbell. Yeah. Kokanyemi. Kokanyemi's number five. Mete. Kokanyemi's already on it? Mete is number eight. Oh, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. These are not very good results. Mete has 12 uh, points. Dave, you nailed two of them. Thank you. Dave trying to do it. Just text me. He nailed two Campbell. of them. Campbell. Yeah. You, you know? Hudel uh, is number six. Come on! Oh, but see, I, you understand why I did poorly now, though. All right. There's this is not a lot of points, you guys. No, no, this is not a lot of points. That's why this is the point. You know of the what? Category. We should have put more time on this. This is yeah. fun. Uh, number uh, number three, you guys should get. He has over 100 points. He's no longer with the Canadians. He's over 100 points. Number three, trying to do. He got it. He's not. A, he's not a forward. Uh, Defender with 100. Oh, Bolia. McCarron is number nine. Bolia wasn't drafted by uh, Ber Bergevin. McCarron has eight points, and he's good for number nine. <laughs> no, this There's is two a other really players. Hard. There's this two is other players. Unbelievably oh, hard oh, I got, question. I got, I, got a, I got an obvious one. Who's that? So, well, I just went through the first rounders in my head. Yeah. Uh, Sergachev. That's number three. He has 111 points. Oh, I think we yeah, have a yeah, minute yeah. left. Hey, oh, 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 how about Juleson? Uh, he is eight points. He's good. He makes the cut. <laughs> Another first rounder in 2014. Sherback. Sherback has eight points. You're missing two. Uh, he I can't believe he, how hard this Gallo, is. Gallo, Seal. If I tell you Seal. Seal? Yeah. Oh, the Jacob singer? De La Rose. Jacob De La Rose is number seven. <laughs> and number four, you guys missed number four. Gallo. Kohlberg. Step <laughs> Kohlberg. Number four, he never... <laughs> Ever, ever scored 10 goals in the National Hockey League in a season? Sven Andrigetto. Sven Andrigetto. <laughs> Tom, here's the list. Top 10 players yeah. that Mark Bergeron drafted. Galchenyuk, Lekanen, Sergachev, Sven Andrigetto, KK, Houdon, Delarose, Mete, McCarron, Sherback, Juleson. Points-wise, that's it. It's not a great list. Good. Hey, Brian, that's in five years from now, I hope that list is very different. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, 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 no. Come on. VBS.